Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. You're listening to Lego Masters. Deconstructed. Welcome back to Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. And it's our first episode back with a couple more teams. We're back up to six teams. It's like it's week two all over again. I know. It's a huge bit of getting used to, to be honest. So today we had the immunity challenge where teams had to build an original arcade game. You had to come up with a name for your game and you got to pick a character who is your hero, who the whole game is based around. I feel like this season has had a lot of the whole like randomly draw a minifigure out of the selection yes. or something along those lines for the builds, which is kind of interesting. I don't know if I love that, mm. but maybe with an arcade game, they were worried that there'd be too much overlap if they didn't force them into different directions. Maybe that's why they did it. Yeah, that's a good point. I, I sort of thought the same thing. I was thinking if I was a player, I think I would like being given a direction because there is so much you could do with this and it probably would be really easy to fall into something like Space Invaders or Pac-Man kind of style. But at the same time, yeah, it's, it's limiting and I wonder if there were any teams who kind of had an idea and then drew their minifigure and were like, oh, this doesn't work. Now we have to think of something else. Also, my prediction is that the production team were coming up with all the challenges this season and they were like, yep, yeah, cool, arcade challenge, that makes sense, we love it, we'll give them some minifigs, yada, yada, yada. And then the episode was done and finished and they saw the builds and they were like, ah, well, we won't do that one again, will we? <laughs> just because I feel like the teams absolutely did their best, but I just don't think that this was a great challenge and we'll get into why as we go through the builds one by one but I wasn't a huge fan of the challenge itself yeah I just think as an overarching kind of issue in quotation marks not really an issue um it was just a bit hard to see like because they were in a box yeah we really had to wait until we had all those close-up shots to really see what was going on I guess they were sort of thinking maybe similar to the art challenge from last year where they had to build inside a frame, but obviously because that's flat, it was a lot easier to see on TV anyway. Let's start with Michael and Harrison who had the skater girl and they created the skate racer, which uh, was like the character was sort of racing against this big city sewer rat who was sort of like their villain. What did you think? I thought that this build was really emblematic of why I wasn't a huge fan of the challenge as a whole. Okay, so <laughs> I guess what I would say is I think there were two builds I liked, one of them because I thought it was a good build and one of them because I also thought it was a good build, but I thought it was the only one that looked like a video game. Mm -hmm. And the rest of the builds, I think the restrictions that you mentioned earlier was a real struggle and mm. it was tough. Yeah, I think it was really hard to pinpoint one thing and this was sort of what Brickman said he said there's a lot of elements and it's it's actually hard to see what's going on and what's looking at until you really like get up close and kind of break down each section and I, I agree I think that sort of comes back to just how the challenge is actually set up and what that that box that they're building within it would have been really hard 
to work out where to place everything so that when you look at it, it looks like a video game. It was also a little vague as to what Brickman specifically wanted. So Mm -hmm. he said early on that he wants to see things like a high score and other video gamey on-screen elements, which was kind of something they didn't say at the beginning. And so it was like, okay, so he wants it to look like a video game in that way. But then it's like, does he want the rest of the build to literally look like it could be the screen of a video game? Yeah. Because there's only really one team that did that, maybe two. Like what's, it was just all a bit vague. Yeah, (laughs) bit of confusion, bit of confusion. I will say I did love the trophy spinning at the top of Harrison and Michaels. I thought that was a really nice element, very video gamey. I think they definitely put a lot of effort in. I thought their rat looked really good, but there was there's just a lot going on. Oh, absolutely. They still crushed the bits and pieces of it. As I said, I just think they were up against a wall. We'll go to Sarah and Fleur, who had the zombie cheerleader, and they created Zombie High, which was their character going through different levels, collecting lipsticks and hairbrushes to get points to, I think, to turn people back from zombies. And their character's versing this big evil science teacher at the end. Now, this one was interesting. So obviously this whole build was inspired by the 80s or the inspired by a time a few decades ago. Theirs might have been the only one that had the gender politics of a few decades ago. Mm. So maybe that was intentional to try and be of the time. I don't think it was. I thought that was an interesting choice. <laughs> yes, I agree. I agree. I did love their use of, I think it was ice creams as pom-poms or like little yogurt looking things. Sarah or Fleur, correct me on whatever that actually was. It looked like ice cream. Um, Yeah, it was like the cheerleader pom-poms in the background. I thought that was really cute. And I thought they had a super clear story, which obviously some of the other teams struggled with. So that was really good on their end. Let's jump over to Anthony and Jess, who had a sort of stuntman daredevil boy, and they were doing a game. Did you write the name down? Yes. (laughs) This is why I introduced them. (laughs) (laughs) It was called Jumpstart. Okay, it's called Jumpstart. And they basically had their biker guy jumping over buses and they used force perspective uh, and kind of built a bunch of buses getting smaller to like give that illusion. Which I thought was a really great idea. They just unfortunately suffered a whole bunch of mishaps near the end which really put them behind schedule and kind of left them a little unfinished, the poor team. Yeah, I think they just left it a bit too late to actually put it all together and so they were running into issues of things being too big or falling off and not attaching properly and I think because they were so focused on this big character and his bike it meant that they sacrificed that little deep those little details and the wider scene so when the big character wasn't really placed as they wanted him to be the rest of the scene looked quite bare so I think it was just really bad timing and just being unlucky in this build, unfortunately. Exactly. And I don't think that's news to either of them. Like they all, they'd be well aware to themselves of, you know, what yeah. what happened and why. So I'm sure Anthony's beating himself up about it, or at least was back when it happened a few months ago. We'll go to David and Gus who had the Dragon Boy. Uh, and theirs was Dragon Wars and the their character was uh, versing the final boss, this giant dragon, in this cool kind of classic side-scroller style. This is probably the most we've ever seen of them throughout the episode. They had like one or two small issues. I want to highlight one thing that Brickman said when he was judging their build, and he said, it's not up to your usual standard. Mm. And the way that read to me was that he judges them harsher than he judges any other team because I feel like their build's was I would say was my second favorite and I think it would be like top three 
even more objectively, even if I wasn't a huge fan of them. Mm-hmm. And yet Brickman seem to hold them to a higher standard and therefore judge them stricter and that they've kind of put themselves in a place now where it almost works against them, the fact that they are so talented. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah, I think that this was the first time we have seen these guys struggle or really have anything go wrong. Like their building so far has been pretty flawless yeah, and that's yeah. why we, we don't see that much of them in the episode. There's, there's not that much to show. All's going well. So I think it was a really big contrast when we did see something going wrong. The reason why I was such a big fan of this build is because I think it was the only one that actually kind of looked like it was a video game. Mm. Like Brickman said, it was like really side-scrollery and he's totally right. It, it looked the most like a video game that's been rendered out into Lego. It looked like it could have been a screenshot of a side-scrolling fighty-fighty game. Yeah. Whereas the rest of the builds were sort of like an interpretation of the world of a video game into a three-dimensional space a little bit more. Yeah, okay. And I don't know which one was supposed to be the brief, but... Gus and David were the only ones who checked this brief. So Yeah, yeah, I get you. I agree with that. I wonder if these guys struggled a bit because they are used to doing these big characters. Like we know their builds so far have been pretty much like one key focus and that's done really, really well. And they had to do a couple of different elements in this. They sort of wanted to have a big character, but they've obviously got the space restrictions. I wonder if they just didn't really know how to attack it. Yeah, outside their comfort zone. We'll go to Gabby and Ryan who got the Space Warrior and they had Galaxy Girl who was fighting aliens in space, very classic video game style. I thought that their spaceship looked really good, like the mechanics of that were done really well. I think that as a team they've improved a lot, like over the last couple of builds things have been... uh, better technically they've had a clearer story like I think that they're coming into their own definitely I think they could be an example of something we touched on in our last episode where giving a team a chance to come back Mm. means you get to see that team further along in their development as a team Mm -hmm. and therefore it's almost like a different team to what they were at the beginning of the show and Ryan and Gabby are probably the strongest example of a team that's really evolved over time Mm, yeah definitely and so It'd be really interesting to see yeah, how they go. And maybe we could be looking at a top three from them, which is not mm. something that I think we would have predicted a couple of episodes ago. The other thing that I really loved that they didn't really touch on uh, when they were showing us all the details of the build, but down the bottom they had their minifigure that they drew and then they had a couple of grey minifigures yeah. next to it to kind of indicate like how many lives you have left. I thought that was a really nice touch. Another detail that I liked that wasn't any of the contestants but the show itself was how they made up custom title plastic bits for the top of all the arcade machines. Yeah. I thought that was really cool. And I also wonder if that means that the judging, if they filmed that part of the episode like weeks later because mm-hmm. they had to go off and make these plastic title cards. Yeah, true. Lastly, we had our winners, Scotty and Owen, who had the 80s Rockstar and they created the Strum King game. So the objective of the game was to become a rock star. The better you do, the more credibility your band gets and you kind of move up in these levels. This was sick. I thought they nailed it. It does feel like they were in like a completely different episode to everyone else. It felt like they must have had double the time, twice as many people, more planning. For some reason, they just crushed it, knocked it out of the park. I feel like it was the most well-designed aesthetically, not including what I was saying before about Gus and David, but Mm -hmm. it was the most well-designed aesthetically. It seemed to be the most detailed from what we could tell, and it just had so much animation in it. It was nuts. Yeah, they really nailed this. I think they just knew exactly what they wanted to do and how to do it, and they just were in the zone. I was very glad that they didn't stop halfway through and smash their build. I think maybe (laughs) that trend has been broken. 
I just, I like can't rave about this one enough. I agree. It's almost seemed like they were in a different episode or had a different challenge because it was really a level above everyone else's. I think, yeah, absolutely. Clear winner from them. Well-deserved. Great work. So the next episode looks like it's another double build. So the first build is like an electric car racing challenge. And we didn't see it in this preview, but in previous teasers, we've seen that this is where Trent from season two is involved. So I'm excited to see what he's coming in for. I feel like we saw a preview once as well with Sarah and Fleur and their car wasn't driving correctly. So a few episodes ago when we were talking about the fact that we haven't had a only technical challenge all season Mm -hmm. and we usually have at least one, I wonder if this is going to be that technical challenge and it'll be something about like Mm. getting a car to go the fastest or the straightest or the furthest or something like that, which is very interesting because I hope that we have at least one of those style of challenges, not for an elimination, just for an advantage. Mm. And my other question is, if Scott and Owen already have immunity, do they skip both these builds then? If this is an advantage build? I'd assume so, yes. It would be silly for them to be involved and get an advantage for something they're immune from. So I'm assuming that from that build, they win some kind of advantage for the elimination build, which seems to be build your dream home. And we had a build very similar to this in season two. I I actually think it might have been almost the exact same, like build a dream home, right? And interestingly, in the teaser, it did seem to imply that Harrison and Michael are doing something very risky. Mm. And judging by Lego Masters, that either means that they're going to win this challenge or be eliminated. So (laughs) that's my prediction. This elimination also seems to have some kind of mid-build twist. Which we haven't had all season, right? Yeah, I don't know what that could be. I don't know whether that's like they stop them at halfway and are like, we're actually going to give you an extra hour or you actually have an hour less or I have no idea. It might be like what they used to do in the first builds of the episodes where it's like, okay, and now your house is under attack or something like that. Yeah. So imagine if, and surely they couldn't do this, but imagine if let's say it's a 12-hour build and then like eight hours in, there's four hours left and they say, all right, everyone move one build to the right and that's the build you're going to be judged on. That would be sick. Not good for the contestants, but very good viewing. Oh, man. Maybe not for an elimination, but that would be wild. We should suggest that to the producers. (laughs) Take notes, producers. Write it down. I'll tweet at them. At Shackers. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of Lego Masters Deconstructed, Australia's only Lego Masters podcast. Make sure you subscribe to the podcast because we'll have recap episodes like this one for any episode of the TV show. And if you have any strong thoughts about them, let us know and we can chat about them in our podcast. And we also have a bunch of interviews. We've got a couple up already. Go check out our interviews with Jeff in Atlanta and with Amy. They were both great. And um, we learn a lot about the whole Lego Masters behind the scenes and in front of the scenes and just the scenes in general (laughs) make sure you're following us on instagram at legomasters underscore deconstructed and on twitter at lmd the pod feel free to get in touch with us there with any thoughts or questions thank you so much for listening guys and we'll see you next time bye
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.